Welcome back to Slice Up Your Life. I'm your host, Rach Bedell. I hope y'all had a great week last week. I finally revamped from last week's lack of sleep and actually went to Second City, which is like a comedy club known for SNL and stuff. It was so freaking fun. Anyone who's in the city, you should go. But anyways, I am super pumped for this episode. It's with a true gem of a human. This is a little bit on the longer side, um, but it's worth it. This was the first time um, Tor and I ever had a conversation, and I just feel like we hit it off right off the bat, and we had a whole lot to cover. We talked a whole lot about faith, um, about being encouraged by family relationships, um, just really trusting God's timing, and then we, of course, dove headfirst into the Enneagram. I knew she was obsessed with it. Y'all know I'm obsessed with it, so we for sure got into that. But um, yeah, like I said, this is the first time we've ever spoken to each other. <laughs> so we we talked a lot about a bunch of stuff, but I told her at the end that I'm convinced we were meant to be friends by it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Tor as much as I did. When were you at Iowa? Um, so I did five years. Um, okay. So I was supposed to graduate in 15, but I graduated in 16. Okay. And then did you play softball the whole time you were there? No. So I quit like the first semester, like towards the end of the first semester of my junior year. Okay. Um, and then my senior year, I studied abroad and it was great. Oh my gosh. Where'd you so, study abroad? I did um, a semester in Madrid and then I did half of my student teaching in Costa Rica. So I got to go abroad twice, which was awesome. Um, I feel like I did everything under the sun in Iowa. Oh, I can't imagine. That sounds unreal. That's the one thing I wish I did. I mean, I can't complain. I went overseas with volleyball one um, summer, but I'm like, I wish I did study abroad. That's the one thing that I hear people say was like absolutely life-changing because you get to actually experience the culture where I was just like there in gyms the whole time. Yeah. How long were you there and where were you at? I went to, so I was there for, I think it was only like two or three weeks, which is another part of it too. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went with, I didn't go with Iowa. I went with like a USA thing and we did London for like the biggest portion of it. And then we did Croatia, which is so funny because that's like the bee's knees place to go now. And then a little bit of Venice. So I got to see a lot of cool places. I just wish I got to do more of culture stuff, Yeah, but I mean- still like I got to go so I can't go yeah <laughs> it's, it's hard to really like dive into a culture when you're there for such a short period of time such a short period of time yeah because I even feel like that about I was in Madrid for three or four months and I was like that wasn't enough I no. don't <laughs> I don't know enough well so. I mean how can you in like swallow a whole entire culture and like not even I mean years people live in places especially those I feel like the foreign more foreign countries to us like they have so much more culture because they're not completely overtaken like ours is yeah well it's it's such a our culture is just so busy and fast-paced and everywhere I mean everywhere that I've been at least even Europe is very like it's a much more social culture and it's like let's sit down and enjoy one another and so it takes it takes like genuinely immersing yourself in it and really sitting down and em- embracing the culture in order to experience it versus here I think we just like jump in and run oh totally that's so funny you say that because I was on my way home from work and I was listening to a podcast and 
it was about this the girl being interviewed just wrote a book about slowing down and she was saying like every there's so many people it was, it was a faith-based podcast but she was like all these people right now in the culture are talking about like slowing down and savoring time and it just is mm-hmm. like this whole entire world whole entire like concept that we're needing to grasp because we're all especially, yeah. especially our generation is running around doing a million things constantly yeah that's so true and like I I honestly know very few people within our generation who only have one job with like oh, multiple totally. jobs juggling family stuff friends and then having like side hustles and social medias and being completely bombarded all the time with phones and technology and I mean it's it's really constant no and it's like when do we ever disconnect I was talking about this with my friends the other day I'm like I there's not a time that I don't have my airpods in like even if Mm -hmm. I'm walking like to my car I'm putting on music Mm -hmm. or a podcast and it's like you can't walk for three minutes without something in your ears (laughs) yeah Um, yeah I'm 100% with you it's hard yeah well I mean okay so now you're in Arizona right yes yeah so after I after I graduated um I stayed in Iowa for the summer I was coaching softball and then I moved on a Sunday, end of July, and then I started teaching at my new school or like meetings at my new school the following day. So I was like, moved on Sunday, <laughs> Monday started meeting. You're like, oh no, it's <laughs> fine. Everything's okay. Yeah, like I've no time to adjust. We're just gonna jump in. So, so was that when you? Because you're in law school right now, right? Yeah. So okay. I have been here in Phoenix for three years now, and. Okay. Probably like a year and a half ago, maybe um, I kept being like being an attorney when I first started undergrad was something I had considered considered. But I was like 18 and thought, I don't want to research forever. Lawyers have to read all the time. I don't want to do that. Um, And then I, you know, became an adult and was like, I have to do that anyways, no matter what profession (laughs) I'm in. And I enjoy reading. So what am I doing? Um, And so probably like a year and a half ago, I started just it started coming up like some lots of things kept coming to me in different ways that like would bring up like law school or just the law in general or like I don't know just tons anything about like justice and mercy Um, and I really felt like the Lord was drawing attention to it Mm -hmm. um, or of it to me I guess and so I kind of just like sat on that and thought about it and prayed on it for probably like six months and then because it is it's so uncomfortable for me. Um, I loved teaching and I like loved my students and the school that I was at. I, it was very, very meaningful work. Um, so I wasn't like in a hurry, I guess. Uh, but I sat on it for a while and then I decided I was going to tell four people and like gauge their reactions. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I told my parents and then my boyfriend at the time and, um, a friend of mine, do you know Bria Davis? It sounds really familiar. She went, she went to Iowa um, and she graduated from Iowa law school last year. And so, okay. and I, she's a good friend of mine and ha- is an incredible woman of faith and like just very, very smart and a huge like support system for me. And so I wanted to talk to her too, being that she was in that experience and I value her wisdom. Yeah. So every single, like my parents asked questions and then were like, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, kind of just like talked through it with me. Um, my boyfriend, I said, you know, I'm, I'm scared because like, it's a lot of money. It's a big step, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, if you, if you know, the Lord is telling you to do it, why are you questioning it? 
and just wow. like that that level of faith made mm-hmm. me be like okay I can do this and then um the confidence that Bria gave me as well to be like this fits for you 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 can do this you are prepared to do this you are equipped to do this um just everyone's response was exactly what I needed from them for me to stop being scared to just go for it so at that yeah. point I started like researching like how does this process work how do I apply started studying for the LSAT and um kind of took my time with it I mean I didn't I studied for the LSAT for like six I started studying very casually for like six months before I took it did early applications I just wanted everything in advance so that I could like say goodbye to my school and make it a whole process so taught for three years started law school in August and it's been crazy but great oh that's awesome so okay I have like so many questions off of what you just said (laughs) what first off I guess most recently like that was going to be one of my questions but you hit on it is everyone was is that you went to for counsel um mm-hmm. seems like they are rooted in their faith mm-hmm. like is that like how did you I guess how did you think you were hearing from God and it was it just as like this is this is the counsel you go to to reaffirm that because it's something that I keep hearing about it's like you know how do people hear from God and then mm-hmm. how do you decide like you're actually hearing that and how do you know mm-hmm. when to like actually go through that door versus like other things that it's like, am I telling myself this or is God telling me this? Yeah. I mean, I struggle with that all the time, but I, I genuinely think that with going to law school and this legal process for me, it has been, and I've said this a million times, it has been the area of my life that I, my faith has been pushed and my faith has like deepened because I know that I can't do it on my own kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and everything else in my life, I question every step. And it really has been a huge faith journey for me. So I can't say that I know the answer to that. Um, but I can talk on my just experience because I know with certainty that I this was the Lord. Um, and so one thing a friend told me one time that I'll never forget is she said, there's a verse. I don't, I'm not eloquent enough or theological enough to know the name of the verse, but talking about how we are you know, Jesus is our shepherd. We are his sheep and his sheep hear his voice. Mm -hmm. And so when I was going through this, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know if I really hear him. Is this something I want? Is this what he, you know, just that back and forth of like, if it's God, I'll do it. But how do I know that it's God? And it's not just me. Yeah. Um, And she was so much certainty. It was like, you are his sheep and you hear his voice. And I think sometimes we need to stop questioning and we need to just spend time with him. And the more we spend time with him, then the more we know if it's him directing us, because if it's not, we'll feel like an uncomfortability with it. That's not a like, this is an uncomfortability that's going to push me to be more like him, but it's mm-hmm. an uncomfortability that's drawing me away from him. And I feel like that's usually the distinction um, between when it is him and when it isn't him. And like I said, it was, it was something that I didn't jump on. And that's rare for me because I usually like, I don't know. I, I struggle with decisions. So I process for a long time and then I just say, jump into it, whatever I decide. Um, but with this, I really, and I, I go to counsel way too quickly. Um, and I don't always go to the Lord first. I go to a million people. Um, and in this, for whatever reason, I, I think it was honestly more of an insecurity thing that I was like, I don't want my people to respond like, uh, you can't do that. So I sat on it for a long time, but I think because even though that came from insecurity, it drew me to the Lord to talk to him about it and to pray with him about it and to be like, is, is this where you need me? And Mm -hmm. he highlighted so many different things 
And I think it was just a process of asking him, like, if this is you, if you are telling me to do this, I like, show me, show me that I'm supposed to do this. And it would be like, I had a, a student, a student one day say something about just, I worked with a lot of like immigrant families. Um, and my eight year olds would come in and say something about like policies going on in terms of immigration or something oh. that their parents were dealing with. And it was always when I started questioning, you know, something like they'd say something regarding a policy or regarding something legal that they didn't even realize was, you know, they, they're just saying this. They have no idea, but it's yeah. totally, you know, and I, I noticed it that way because the Lord was highlighting it to me. Um, or somebody, um, one of my best friends just in a random conversation with her about like what's going on socially. And, um, she gave me encouragement about this process and about like applying to law school without ever having brought it up. And like, she didn't know I was coming contemplating it she never said law school but everything that she said was like oh my gosh I, I can do this so just like lots of little things over a period of time um and I was also in my bible study like studying through um James and then I one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter is Dr. Martin Luther King's daughter Bernice King and um she has like a bible study on the bible app and I've done that a couple times and talking about just like justice and mercy and so there were just like lots of things being highlighted to me and I knew that they were him um and I think my kind of final straw was to go to the council and to go to people who I knew would be honest with me Mm -hmm. uh, who could understand the experience and who have faith because I think knowing that for me it was such a step of faith it still is a step of faith that I needed somebody who understood the faith aspect of that to be like I know it sounds crazy, but if it is God, it's not crazy. It's already finished. Yeah. So that was kind of their responses were like the final closure, I guess, for me to say, I'm okay, God, let's do this. Yeah. So did you grow up in faith? Your question. No, totally. I think (laughs) it's just cool to see like different perspective of things too. And like you, you hit on one thing majorly that I keep hearing a lot, um, that was just like being able to hear his voice. It's like, it's a familiarity. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I relate it to like, like growing up being in a grocery store and like, you can hear your mom's voice just like that. Like you can hear oh, that's so good. your parents' voice, like call you, like you can hear mm-hmm. someone else say, or like e- even like our parents to us, like how many kids say mm-hmm. mom and your mom turns around, but no one else, no right. other mom turns around. So it just is right. like, because we're used to going to them, we're used to hearing their voices and like, you know, too, it's like when I know my mom is specifically like will give me her advice or like guidance and I can know like when sometimes I'm like, yeah, totally gung ho, totally agree. And sometimes I'm like, I hate everything you just said, but I know you're right. And I know you need to do that. <laughs> and I feel like there's like that type of thing, too, sometimes where it's like, Absolutely. oh, God, you're right. And I don't want to do that, but you're right. So like, yeah. okay, like I trust you wholeheartedly. And I think that's like the biggest thing. But yeah, it's totally. Yeah just spending time and like the more you spend time the more it's I mean it's like any other relationship the more you spend Mm -hmm. time with someone the more you can understand them and like have those conversations and the and the more you trust them you know Mm -hmm. like you think about any time you step into a French a new friendship or a romantic relationship it's you have walls up everyone does and you like are deciding like can I trust this person can I let this person know me like is this a safe Mm -hmm. place to be And that trust builds over time. And the more you know somebody and the more like you just are vulnerable with them, the more you can trust them. And that that's God too. 
that like yeah. how can I trust you if I don't know you and how can I trust you if I've never been like here's who I am walk with me through this yeah and so I think so much of this for me has the same thing just been a a practice of knowing him hearing him trusting him and I don't get it right 99% of the time but <laughs> we won't <you> ever know, <laughs> yeah it's it's just I I heard a good um message one time a good metaphor that it was uh, my pastor and he has grandchildren he said he was playing hide and seek his granddaughter and anytime he plays hide and seek like he'll like hide behind a curtain with his foot out and you know it's something so obvious so he's playing hide and seek but he wants to be found Mm -hmm. and um that that is just the picture of God that like when we're like God I don't know where you are like how do I walk through this on my own like how do I step out in faith like I don't know if this is just the questions things he's like I'm not like I'm not hiding you just have to come to me and I will walk with you through this yeah like just just come to me like I'm not hiding I will show you the way I will give you hints I will like I will win the battle for you I'm walking with you through this whole process I just need you to take the step wow that's so good yeah, I wish it was mine, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is on here, so you're good. Um, did you, so did you grow up in faith? Yeah, um, my, my parents are my favorite people in the world. Um, but my mom was always a Christian and my dad grew up um, Catholic, but his, his mom, my abuela is Catholic and loves the Lord. And my dad, you know, they all kind of did it for her. Um, and so he never really prioritized faith at all. Um, and then I think when I was like six, maybe, um, that's when my dad gave his life to the Lord and he, oh, I love him. But one time he was visiting me in Arizona and we were at church and they were talking about the Holy spirit and he, he got like choked up and we're like, dad, what's going on? He said, I was just thinking about the man that I was before I knew Jesus. And the Holy Spirit just truly, truly changed my heart. And they talk about all the time, like their marriage, they just celebrated 30 years. And Aww. they're like, "Our we work because Jesus, like I, we don't, you know, ev- he's like our relationship, our family, everything completely changed when I became a man of God, because suddenly we were on solid foundation. Suddenly, like we had like something to believe in together and like just they're they're incredible and so we always um I always grew up in church I like loved my youth group in high school um I had you know a little bit of a roller coaster in college trying to figure out like who am I how does this work mm-hmm. for me what is this my faith or is this my parents faith is this rules that I have to follow or is this like a god that I can know and love um so it went through that process in college and have kind of just been on you know less of a roller coaster since yeah (laughs) when you moved to Arizona did you know people and like did you have to go through the whole like church shopping process or how was that transition of going somewhere new yeah my cousins live out here um and I had gone to their church a couple times and it wasn't the church for me so my sister and I actually moved out here at the same time and so we church shopped for a while um, we found a church that we really liked and honestly, what drew me to it was the worship was amazing. Mm. And, um, and then they had a young adults ministry. And so I got very, very involved with the young adults ministry, which I loved because it helps me to m- make friends here. Most of my friends are, um, from that ministry. Um, we had a Bible study every week and then like, 
young adult services once a month and that I got to that's where a lot of my photography took off one of my dear friends she was on staff and when we started doing more with young adults she was like hey can you take I had like played around with cameras with some friends of mine and she had seen it and she was like, Hey, can you take photos for this? Like, we want to do some more stuff on Instagram and promo for young adults. And I was like, um, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but, but sure, I can, yeah, I can try. And she really, we call her, um, the pusher because that is who she is, but in the most encouraging way, but I, I wouldn't have like pursued photography without the push of her. And so those are, I mean, those are the kind of friends that I made there, like people who just, like are on my team who make me laugh, who like love the Lord and love me. And it was that Bible study was such a blessing. And um, we went through some changes earlier this year. And so we're all kind of scattered different places. And I, I started you know, church shopping again, but I already had some ideas of where I wanted to land. And mm-hmm. I have found, uh, I moved a little bit too. So I'm further away from where I was before. Um, and I found a church that's close to me that I love that just like, they they do things differently it's like not on a time it never feels like it's on a time schedule um worship is like 45 minutes which is my dad would hate it because he (laughs) he's like i think worship needs to be two songs and then i want to learn something and i'm like i want i need same i need (laughs) i love it yeah so it's 45 minutes and and everybody i just sometimes i just look around and like it brings me so much joy to see people just like immersed in praising Jesus and like the beauty of that is what drew me to that church and that's why I've stayed there um it's just like people genuinely intimately wanting to know the Lord and it is so diverse I mean it's like you'll there as every age every race every character every like outfit I mean, it is, it is such a diverse church. Um, and I love that. And I didn't know how much I needed that until I moved here. Um, the first church that I went to was also quite diverse and it was the, the thing that I took away most from that experience was, um, seeing the diversity within my Bible study and knowing all these people and how different we are, like how different we look, our different stories, where like how the Lord like uses us. Um, and I loved that. And it was like, I need this in a church because it makes me understand that I have to be me. Like the Lord needs me to be me. The Lord needs me to be my nerdy self, my creative self. (laughs) He needs me to like analyze things and try and explain them to people in a way that like, I understand them once I like, he needs me to be 100% me because my faith looks different than yours. You know, Mm -hmm. we are different. Our passions are different. The way that we communicate is different. All of these things. And he needs you to be you. And he needs me to be me because I can reach somebody that you cannot and vice versa just because of who we are. And I think that was, that was so highlighted to me in that experience because it was like, this is a diverse church. And it was really my first experience in a diverse church versus other experiences where like all of our faith like has to look the same or something might be off. Um, yeah. Or at least that was my, you know, teenage or young, young adult self yeah. perceiving it that way. So yeah. That's awesome. I, I feel kinship with that. Like I, when I moved to Chicago, I had, um, I like just was, decently new to faith like a couple months in and so I was like I avidly need to find a church like I really want to stay like in community and all that and so I did some church shopping and I went to the church I went to now it was the first one I went to 
Um, oh wow! And I went to like I and I went to it first, and I liked it. But I went to a couple other ones. But the first time I went was a Wednesday night prayer service, mm-hmm. and it's literally like it's about an hour and a half long, probably, and it's an hour and ten minutes of worship and prayer. Like, mm-hmm. but I like I grew up in the Lutheran church, and then pretty much like walked away once I was like confirmed. Like, got busy mm-hmm. with life and sports, and didn't really touch it again until this January. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like so new to it all and I walk in and everyone's praying and like, you know, hands up, worshiping, praying out loud. And I call my mom afterwards. I'm like, I don't know what I just walked into. Like, I'm so (laughs) uncomfortable. And then I went to other churches, but I like have fallen in love with it. Like just with like, and like there's moments where like I find myself like you just get more and more comfortable because Mm -hmm. no one cares. Like people, I like. I close my eyes because I like get Mm -hmm. way too distracted by everything and anything around me. Mm -hmm. So, but I'll open my eyes up and there's like six people on their knees. There's people with their hands up. There's people, you know, like there's just, everyone is just completely raw. And it is like our church is, when you said like in every outfit, like literally every outfit. Yeah. a lot of them are like college or like newly out of college, so they're all insanely trendy. And every single time, I'm like, How, "Where, where are you guys getting these ideas from?" But yeah, the, <laughs> help me out, please. But like again, like we have small groups, and my mm-hmm. small group is all like plus or minus like two or three years from my age, and so mm-hmm. it's so nice to hear like people struggling. You know, there's like the big struggles, obviously, but then like the little struggles of like, you know, like I'm mad at myself because I didn't spend enough time with the Lord this Mm -hmm. week or I'm really struggling with this or I'm really hard on myself on this and just being able like you said like we have to be our like true selves and be vulnerable in the way or in our own way or else like we're never going to be able to actually relate to one another and grow with one another. Yeah 100%. I was just um I visited one of my best friends from Iowa she lives in New York and I just visited her and went to her church and loved it. But, um, the pastor was talking about the difference between grace and truth and how Jesus was equally both. Um, and as he was talking about truth, one of the things that he said was like, we have to stop lying. And I'm like, well, I don't lie. So I'm good. Like thinking like, I don't like go to somebody's face and be like, Oh yeah, I just had pizza when I actually had a salad. Like, just like, yeah, you know, I don't, I just don't lie about things. Um, but then he talks about how when you really think about how you the things that you say and the way that you present yourself and like how you are in different spaces, are you deceptive? Because deception is a lie. And I that really, really hit me because that is one billion percent me. Like I I like struggle to Yeah, I struggle to just be my one hundred percent authentic self no matter where I'm at. Like, I'll be 90% me or, like, mostly me, but, you know, there are a few people where I can just be 100% me with, mm-hmm. and that was such a wake-up call to be, like, I I have to be authentic for me to understand his deep love for me, like, and I have to be authentic because the kingdom needs me to be, yeah. and just that, that concept of, like, am, throughout my day, how many times am I being deceptive because I'm not being authentic yeah how do you see that affect like your photography business because I can only imagine like that I always hear the biggest things of like you know this person made me feel so uncomfortable or it was an awkward photo shoot because the photographer was a little weird like how how does that relay 
because I don't know like how often you're how often you do it or mm-hmm. all that stuff and or if like you a lot of times if it's friends or strangers like how does that overlay into being behind the lens for people yeah um that is definitely something I had to learn over time because um as I was learning about photography, I would do a photo shoot and I would be so not stressed, but concerned about like, is this good quality work? Like I'm worried about my settings. I'm worried about this. And like the experience for my client wasn't necessarily the greatest experience. Um, and part of that was because like, I wanted them to be good photos and I needed to like focus on that. Um, but some, I mean, a few things that I've learned is just like to, I'm not naturally super like cheery and encouraging. Um, and I want to do that when I take photos, like that's something I am cognizant of, um, to encourage people to make them feel comfortable. But I Mm -hmm. think the real turning point for me was when I stopped thinking about like, is this quality work? Like, am am I, you know, are are they going to like this? Are they, you know, is, am I going to like this photo, whatever, because that was such a me perspective. And that's literally not what photography is. And that's not what I want to do. And sometimes when I say this, it feels like a pitch, but it was such a big moment for me, like a mindset switch that has changed like everything um, where I genuinely want to tell somebody's story. So I even though like there are like if I think about, you know, what shots I want to create in within a session, it's also like this is about you. I'm not doing high fashion photos where like everything's staged. I'm doing like you just got engaged or like, this is your family or here's a maternity, you know, I want this to be about you. So if there's something that is, tells your guys' story, like, um, I just did an engagement session this weekend with, um, Nicole Urban. She went to Iowa too. Yeah. 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 Um, and she got engaged. Um, and so I did their engagement photos and when we were like talking about it in advance, they met at Arkansas. So they wanted to do like bring Arkansas into it somehow. I was like, a hundred percent. Yes. Like I want these to be meaningful to you. Um, and I, the second that I had that like mindset switch of like, this is about telling somebody's story and like getting to highlight the most exciting times of their life and the most like beautiful parts of them. And like, people don't always get to see themselves like being like genuinely laughing with their partner or like, you know, you don't know what that looks like until somebody captures it. And that's, that's what I want to do. It's like, I want to tell that story for you. I want you to be able to see what you look like when you look at the person that you love. And I want you to be able to see like the way that I see you. Like I, right now I personally am in a strange place, like relationally romantically, Mm -hmm. I guess. Like I am just very, I, I know the Lord has told me like, this is the time to heal and to observe and to be, by myself and to focus on school and everything. But I also feel like he's highlighted to me, like, I want you to observe, like you have a unique position that you get to observe all of these couples and all of these relationships. And I want you to like observe them and take something from them. And it like, it also helps me to tell their story more because I'm paying so much more attention that it's like, I see, I get to spend time with these couples who have like figured out how to make it work and who like genuinely love each other and not these like exciting stages of their life. And I get to learn from them and I get to like, mm-hmm cheer them on and like I just I I'm honored to be able to tell that story for them so when I stopped thinking about like oh how does this affect my business or like how does this affect me and it's like this is such an exciting time for them then it changed everything and it allowed me to be authentic within my photo shoots 
Oh, that's awesome. It, you kind of answer it, but I feel like one thing I was going to ask that um, I feel like you alluded to, but it's like, what, what do you, what have you learned or like, what do you know about God by being a photographer and being able to see people through like a literal different lens, mm-hmm. especially since it is like you're doing engagements or family and you're being able to like genuinely see that love. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you can't answer it, but is there anything like you've learned about like God specifically from that, even if it's in your personal life, like you said, like re- being able to being told like where you're at relationally as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah, I think a big thing, at least lately, just with other things that he's highlighting to me, but a big thing is like, he has the best for me. Um, and you know, Mikhail, correct? Yeah. yeah. So Mikhail and Mitch, their photo shoot was so much fun for me. And I feel like that was a huge like highlight for me of like hearing their story, how they like knew each other in high school. And then like, once they both had graduated, we're like, had moved back home. And then that's like when they started dating and they are like amazing together. I was just thinking about that story and thinking about like my parents and all these other stories I hear and what the Lord highlighted to me just through these stories. And specifically that night with them was huge that he was like, I have the best for you. Cause I'm looking at them and I'm like, they are perfect together. Like they have so much fun. Like yeah. it's genuine. It's real. Like they're so, they talk to each other with so much kindness and tenderness that I was like blown away. And I'm like, God, it's beautiful. And he was like, I have the best for you too. Yeah. And I think we so often we see, I mean, especially with social media, we see, and that's what I do. I literally take people's social media highlights. <laughs> Right. Like, you literally like Mikhail's <laughs> photos are unreal. Yeah. But it, I mean, yeah, it's their highlights. Like it's not that they don't like have struggles. Like everyone has struggles, but like, I, I feel like he's teaching me to like be encouraged by people's highlights and not compared to them, mm-hmm. you know, and to say like, I, he's telling me just like he has for them and that relationship. And just like he has for like all these people that I get to encounter he's like, I have the best for you too. And what's best for you, I know that better than you know that. And I promise that it's going to happen. I feel like he just keeps reminding me that like he he's writing my story and it doesn't look like everybody else's. Just like, you know, my aunt and uncle's story is crazy and you would have never like guessed it early on, you know, and just like he's like, I promise you this is what he told me like the other week. He was like, because I was thinking about like telling people stories through photography and he's like, your story is going to be your favorite. And I was like, oh, because I do I think about that. Like, I love, yeah, I love all these people's stories. And he's like, your story will be your favorite. I promise you. Like, I have exactly what you need. Like, I have it for you. And I need you to trust me in the process because it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be everything you want it to be. And so just that phrase, like, I, you know, your story is going to be your favorite. Like, I've leaned on that a lot that it's like, okay, God, I can trust you through this because I know that whenever I try and like puppeteer things and orchestrate things like they do not work. Same. So yeah, that was a, that was a big one lately. I feel like there are different, you know, different sessions. He teaches me different things, but that has kind of been a, all of that, I guess has been kind of recurring themes lately. That's awesome. Okay. I have to ask, and I don't, if you're open sharing, what is your aunt and uncle's story? (laughs) Oh my gosh. They're amazing. Um, they're like Cinderella story for sure. So my aunt right out of high school, Um, went to the Marines, got married and the Marines. And um, I preface like they speak publicly and they've shared the story a million times. It's in their books, everything. So like, I'm okay. It's okay that I share it. Um, (laughs) You're like, I'm allowed to do this. Yeah. Preface. 
Um, so hopefully I do it justice. They say it so much more beautifully. But my aunt um, went to the Marines, got married in the Marines, had um, my two oldest cousins, um, her two oldest children, Zach and Jesse. And then when Jesse was a baby, I don't know the exact timing, um, Zach had had an accident and he had some brain damage and he's legally blind now. Um, oh, wow. And and then my aunt also found out that her husband had been cheating on her. So she left, took the babies, got a divorce, moved back with her, um, got like honorably discharged from the Marines to take care of my cousin Zach. She became a like single mom, um, moved back to Iowa and she became an RN so that she could help take care of Zach better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one night she went out to a country bar and my uncle was like, so my aunt at this point is 25 divorced with two kids. And my uncle was like 21, a senior at you and I, and they like met at this, <laughs> this like country bar and like dance all night. They're like, anytime fishing in the dark comes on, we're all like, Oh, oh my get, gosh. Up, they get up and dance and like do the whole thing. Um, but they, you know, they dated for a long time. He has his own like Cinderella story about like football and making it. Um, but they dated for like five years and this is so my aunt, we talked about this the other day actually. Um, but she, my, my mom and my aunt's parents, uh, my grandparents died in a tornado, like totally unexpectedly, um, in 96 and my aunt and my uncle had been dating for a long time. And so they were about to like dump their ashes in a river and like it was my parents and my aunt and my uncle and before they did it my aunt <laughs> this is so her she she's turned to him and she goes if you're not gonna marry me i don't want you to be in this memory oh my gosh <laughs> i don't know if that was the exact phrase but it was something like that and he was like no i plan to marry you. like that's the plan and they oh talk about gosh. how he he fell in love with my cousins. Like he fell in love with Zach and Jesse. She'll say he, yeah, he stayed with me because of them. Like he fell in love with them faster. And, um, they just, you know, they're, they've been married 20 some years now and have seven kids and two grandbabies now. And they're wonderful. And, um, they're also, you know, I, I feel really blessed to have like really healthy, happy relationships around me and that I get to take things from them. And, um, I actually was reflecting on that the other day. I like posted something that like, here are things that have been highlighted to me lately. Like the friendship that my parents have, the attraction, my aunt, like my aunt and uncle just talk, like they think each other are like the hottest people in the world. Like, I want that. Like my Seriously. cousin and her, yeah, my cousin and her husband, like are very different, but like the perfect balance. Like I want that, you know, just like all these yeah. different specifics in each relationship around me that have been highlighted to me, but, um, yeah, just crazy stories. Like, you know, my, I, my aunt being in that position, um, divorced with two kids and being like, what the, like, what the heck God, you know, just like that everybody's story ends up being their favorite. Like she wouldn't change any of that. My cousin's husband, they're nine years apart. They got married when he was 33 or 34. And so like he dealt, he went through like a lot of like hard breakups and like hurt because he was single for a long time. And he will say like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for a single day. Like Jesse was worth the wait. And just like, I think we so often go to the place where Jesse and my cousin is my age and I'm like, okay, but they've been married for like 
however many years now they have two beautiful babies like and we so easily can go to like that comparison and like go yeah. to the highlight reel instead of being like here wait what's the whole story because I know the whole story and like their story is beautiful for so many different reasons and like I don't get to just pick the highlight reel and then look at my negative yeah. like that's not how that's not how that works so and it's it's the biggest thing that I keep like hearing over and over and over again is it's like God's timing, like his timing so much better than ours, like in every way, shape or form. And like, it just is, it's this thing of like, I feel like I'm in this, um, and you kind of hinted that you might be at it too, like this, like sometime later, like I'm in that Mm -hmm. like sometime later phase where like, I mean, and like Mikhail was on the podcast. So people know like her story, like she, like, you know, had some pretty really crappy relationships, like her Mm -hmm. and I were friends during that time. And like for her to, she knew Mitch probably never thought in a million years that she would be engaged in marrying Mitch. But like, Mm -hmm. to your point, they could not be more perfect. And like, my oldest sister hasn't really dated like, ever, like love you Lens, but she'd never really like dated at, at all. And then found the most amazing guy, like, we're just they're going to get married. Like they're not engaged or anything, but like found the most amazing guy. My sister dated, you know, someone in college, my other sister dated someone in college and that ended up crappy. And like, you know, talked to some guys here and there, like, but then just got married um, to someone who like, again, like when I first met him, I, like I said this, when I gave my speech at her wedding, I was like, who the heck is this guy? Like, like, cause he's like so much energy and like my sister's so much energy. And like, there's no way that these two people can be in the same room together. And now they're married and open their own business and like thrive. But it's like all this stuff happens. And it's like that sometime later. And it's like the times where I'm like, I always joke, like this is the longest I've been single since I'm like 14 and I'm like it's so sad and people are like no it's not sad that you're single I'm like no 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 guys it's sad that this is the longest I've been single since I was 14 like I've just been like back to back to back relationships and it's like I haven't been able to like just like you said like just sit in it and observe and like see like find yourself focus on what you need and like figure out what relationships are actually meant to be and like yeah to your dad's point of like having the backing of like God in a, in a relationship. Like I read um, meaning of marriage by Tim Keller and mm-hmm. my world book. was rocked. Cause I just was yeah. like, Oh, this is what people talk about. Like this makes sense to me. Of yeah. Why you have this backing. And even there's like as big of a thing of like reasonings for sex and reasonings mm-hmm. for like fights and house chores and so on and so forth. But yeah, it just is like trusting that process and mm-hmm. sitting in that sometime later, even when it completely sucks and being like, mm-hmm. it's okay that this sucks. Like, that's the yeah. biggest thing I think I've learned that it's like, it's okay that things suck. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're allowed to just not be great, but like yeah. to sit in it and be like, you've got me. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I need. And yeah. whatever it is that I want right now, obviously it's not happening because it's not supposed to. <laughs> Well, and how beautiful of timing, just based on what you've shared with me so far, that like as you this year have dove into church, dove into spending time with the Lord, like invested in that relationship, how perfect timing that like you're not in a romantic relationship because it frees up your time and your thinking and your energy so much. And I feel like that is totally like the grace of God being like, no, no, no. 
Rachel, I'm jealous for you. Like he says that I'm jealous yeah. for you. Like I, I want this time for you, you know, and that he, he's drawing you nearer and he removed the distractions so that he could have more of you. Totally. And I'm such a person that throws everything into my relationships. And so it's like, if I was doing that, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be like going into his words or looking into things at night before I go to bed or when I wake mm-hmm. up, I would be like FaceTiming the boyfriend or yeah. you know worrying about whatever stuff. And so yeah. it is, it's so true. Like, that's such a good point is it's like, this is the relationship. I mean, I'd be in like a romantic yeah. relationship, but like, this is the relationship I'm working on right now. Yeah. I think when, when I can get in a frame of mind where I see his, his grace or his hand in something, even when I'm going through it, that is like, the perfect like piece that I need to be like, yeah, this, this does suck. And sometimes things suck, but like, it's not all sucky. And like, look at God's hand right here, right in the middle of it. Yeah. And it gives you a piece that like, you just can't replicate. No. And I think that's been the biggest thing is it's like when you actually sit in it, like there's just like, yeah, peace is like the only thing that I Mm -hmm. time and time again. And it's like, I can, no matter what, so many things become like less grave. Like if I'm mad at myself about like what I ate or I didn't work out, it's like mm-hmm. all these things that are small details, they just become even smaller details. Yeah. And, like, the whole grand scheme of things. Yeah. And you can have more grace for yourself and all of those things too. And yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about, cause I totally stalked your Instagram um, in preparation mm-hmm. and you follow Enneagram stuff. Oh my God. Are you sure you want to get me started about the Enneagram? Because yes, I, I do. Love it. So what are you? I am a five, the I investigator. So. Uh, what are you? I'm a six. I'm the loyalist that is all stemmed by fear. <laughs> hey, same. Fives are two. Well, it's what you were at first. I was trying to figure out as you're talking and you're like, I always go to counsel. Like, you know, I'm really like, I'm bad at making decisions. I was like, okay, but maybe she's a six. And then you're like talking about you, like investigating in details and things like that. I was like, you know, she's for sure a five. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's why I can't make decisions because I like process and evaluate the pros and cons and like overanalyze everything. Um, And that's why I can't make decisions. That's why I go to counsel. Like I have told my, my dad, one time I got so <laughs> one time I got so mad at him because he wouldn't just like I'm like dad I'm asking you what would you do and this is such like this is my dad emulating the Lord with me like knowing that I'll come back to that but my dad was like <laughs> he was like I'm not going to tell you what to do and I was like you know you told me what to do for 18, 22 <laughs> years. And now when I actually want you to tell me what to do, you won't. <laughs> yep. But that is like, that is me and God too, that I get so frustrated because I'm like, God, I, if I knew the answer, if I knew it was you, I would do it. Like, it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I don't trust that I know. And yes. he's like, he's like, that's not faith. And I feel like that's what he's been telling me a lot lately too, is like, I know you want the answer. And that's why I don't give you the answer because I need you to, to have faith. Like, I need oh, you to shoot. walk through this yeah. with me because he knows me and he knows if he gives me the answer, then I'll rely on the answer and mm-hmm. not on him. Mm-hmm. And I'll do everything in my power to like make it work the way that I thought, you know, and he's like, no, no, no. Like, just, just be with me through this. Like, I'll give you the, I'll give you the wisdom. I'll like walk you through step by step. But like, I'm not just telling you the answer. And that is so like, oh man, 
I get mad at God just like I get mad at my dad for that same thing. Like, just tell me what to do. Like, please, all the time. Like, the amount of times that, like, and my pastor pinned on this one time where he was like, do you ever go to a friend and you ask them for their answer and then they either won't tell you or they tell you the answer that you didn't want to hear. So you go to another friend and then you're like, how about this? And it's like, uh, okay, you didn't give me the answer. And then they keep going until, like, you get to people that are outside of your normal counsel because you're like, I just need someone to tell me that I should do this thing that I know yeah. I shouldn't do or That is so whatever. true. I'm like, uh, and so it, that just made me think of it. It's like, and with my mom all the time, she's like, well, you have to make this decision for yourself. I'm like, but I don't want to. Can you just please <laughs> tell me That's the fear thing. It's do. like, I fear what's going to happen when I make a decision. So if you make it, then like, okay, then I like am absolved of that fear at least. Yeah. Like and then the it's fear not like, of making a mistake. Yeah. Then it's not like actually on me. And cause I yes. do. <laughs> Even though I'm a I'm a I'm a six, and I question if I'm anything else. I always try to like think I'm a six wing seven, but I'm for sure a six hardcore wing five. And I <laughs> investigate like I have to think of every possible like <laughs> thing that before I can make a decision. But then it's a thing too of it's like I don't want to make the decision, and I've realized yeah. that too with a bunch of things. Like I was talking to my mom about it. Like I even in volleyball in college, like I tried, but like. I didn't put in all 100% effort because if I did and I failed, then it was like all on me. Yeah. Whereas if I like held back a little bit on something, then if I messed up, it's like, well, I could have done better. Like I could have, yeah. I could have tried harder. And there's that thing in your back of your head where it's like, no, you have to like give it all. And I think that's like yeah. the biggest thing that I'm struggling with God right now is it's like, I'm like you said, I'm like, I'm like 90% like vulnerable, but like if I, <laughs> if I give it all that I'm like, then I'm there. Then like I'm yeah. open wounds. There's no going back. And like the funny ironic thing about that is I'm like, you already know everything. Like, yeah. you know, everything that's going through my head. But the second that I open up, then it's, there's no turning back. So that's like yeah. the fear of like, what do I open up about? What do I say? What do I go for? Yeah. Fear. You have like... literally just spoken the conversation I had with um, one of my pastors the other day. And I was like, I know he's telling me I need to open up these wounds and like deal with some stuff and like get to the root of things that I always just like move along. Cause I don't mm -hmm. like, I don't like vulnerability. And like, that's like fives, right? Is I had somebody tell me recently, <laughs> they go, Oh, how'd they say it? They were like, um, I kind of wanted a more, um, like, why are you being so robotic? Like I wanted a more emotional response. And I was like, that's just not me. Like, I don't know. Like, You're like, I'm sorry. I can't help yeah, you there. I, I don't, I can't do that for you. My sister tells me all the time how like I have, she's a two. So we like function totally differently. Oh, yeah. But, um, I, I was telling my pastor the other day, just like, I know the Lord is telling me to uproot this, but like, I'm afraid to. And I yeah. know that the, I know that the result of it, like the consequence of being vulnerable with the Lord is only like intimacy with him and like a joy that I've never experienced before. Like deepness with him is what I want. I just am afraid of like, I, and I said, I was like, I'm tired of crying when I talk to the Lord. Cause he's like the only place that I like genuinely like can be sad with and like feel vulnerable with and like be emotional. And so I was like, I'm tired of crying when I talk to him. And mm -hmm. I know that I have to uproot these things, but I know it's going to hurt and I don't want to yeah. like, I'm a, I'm afraid. And that sounds so childish. And I know that when I say it out loud, but like, I just, I know I can't take a step until I do it, but like, I am so terrified to do that. No, so. I, I feel that. I feel that so hard. Like, and I am 
the epitome of emotions. Like my ex-boyfriend used to tell me, he was like, because every single time I would cry, I would be like, I'm sorry. And he's like, why are you apologizing for crying? And I'm like, it just is like, it's just so much. I cry for everything. And he's like, they're your emotions. And like that opened up a whole different thing for me. He's like, your emotions are your emotions. Like you're allowed to be upset or be whatever you want to be whenever you want to be. And, like, he's, like, don't ever let anyone tell you that, like, you can't cry. Because, like, yeah. I grew up, like, it's, like, those, like, small, like, childhood wounds that, like. Yeah. That, like, but I, like, it's a joke we still joke about, but, like, through my whole family. But my sister and her friends, like, growing up would sing to me, big girls don't cry, because I would always cry. And so, but it's, like, that dumb thing that, like, sticks with you. So I'm always, like, well, crying's, like, bad and annoying, and yeah. I cry for everything. But it's, like, to your point the other day I like was like I'm gonna like you know I've been trying to get more active in praying and I was like I, I have a couple things about prayer about next thing I know I'm like sobbing and I'm like yeah I didn't even think I had anything to talk about like I yeah, thought I was like, good this today is, uh, this wasn't the plan <laughs> like I just wanted to talk about my friends that are going through some hard stuff I didn't think I had anything going on like I yeah. know I do but I was like how did I I'm spitting out these words I didn't even know I wanted to talk to you about and yeah I'm like oh like yeah it's so 100 understand like, how did you get involved with the Enneagram? Um, last Christmas, I was, my sister and I were back in Iowa. My parents still live there. And, um, my cousin, Jesse texted us like our whole, like my cousins, my aunt and uncle, like our whole group chat and, um, was like, everybody needs to take this now. And she had such a fun time, like guessing what everyone was going to be. So I was with like my immediate family in Iowa and we all took it and we laughed so hard because my mom and my sister are like the same person, but they like hate to admit it. So me and my dad were like in tears laughing because they were the exact same thing. Like they were two wing, whatever wing they are, they're like the exact same thing. And we laughed so hard at it. But it was like, and we laughed every time like one of my cousins would say what they were. And we're like, you're so that. Isn't uh, it so, it's just yeah, so funny. It is. It's, and it's, I've learned so much about myself through learning about the, and this is also part of being a five is like people make fun of me because I love the Enneagram so much. Like I've made my new law school friends take it. And I was like, I'll send you things on Instagram now. And they were like, please don't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I want to know everything about it. So I got, like, I have this book, um, The Path Between Us. And oh, it talks I literally about- have Suzanne Seville. <laughs> Yes. I want to get the other one too, but I love it because it, it like has taught me so much about like how I function and how other people that I care about function and how like to understand them better and how to like explain myself better. Because yeah. since I struggle to like, I think my sister gets frustrated because I, I don't talk about like, this makes me feel this way. I'm like, when I say, I think this, that is pretty much my feelings like that's what I've processed that's what I'm dealing with like that's what I mean and the like um my friends here make fun of me because I'll say no to so many things (laughs) like I and it's it's not that I yeah it's not that I don't like love your company and I it's not that like I just like want to be alone so desperately I just when I have a lot going on I get depleted and I need to be by myself to recharge and so it's like that explains so many things. And then when I, when like the fives is like a fear of inadequacy and I was like, whoa, <laughs> like I had never realized that, but the fear of inadequacy is such a like recurring theme in every area of my life. As I like mm-hmm. reflect on as far as I can remember, like 
in sports in high school, in softball in college, in like relationships and friendships and like school. And like, I always try and overcompensate in however many ways, or like, like you said earlier, like give myself a cop out for not being adequate enough Yeah, based on my own standards. And like, just like all these things that has taught me so much about how I operate and it has taught me how to communicate myself better to people that I love. And it has taught me like more about the people that I love so that we can be in a healthier place. Yeah. So sometimes it's, sometimes it is a negative because sometimes me and my sister will get in an argument and she'll be like, you just think I'm too emotional. And I'm like, and you think I overthink like, and we're like, we just use it against each other sometimes. But when we yeah. don't do that, it's great. <laughs> totally agreed. Like I was totally, I fell in love with it. I, this is, you're proving to me more and more than I'm a wing five, but like, it was just like, <laughs> I became obsessed with it and it made me understand so much of myself and have like just a peace with myself for why yes. I do the things that I do. Like, I always just thought it was crazy that I had to overanalyze every decision or that I was like literally would get into like not anxiety attacks. Like wouldn't be that extreme, but like I would be paralyzed by making a decision Mm -hmm. um, and be so like fear-based and of what anyone thought. And I think of the worst situation possible. And so I just was like, okay, there's a little piece there, but then too of like understanding other people. It's amazing. I've heard some sermons about different Enneagrams too and like, because I feel like so much of it, I know um, it is they relate it to the Lord a lot in different yeah. like pages that I follow or whatever. But it really is that same concept of like I and that's what I mean when I say like I have to be who I am. Like I my sister has to be a two in her walk in order to like connect with the people that she's supposed to connect with. And like. I can't pretend to not be a five. Like I can't be in all of like a million social spaces because like I won't be able to like give what I, you know, like I have to respect who I am and the way I was made in order to like serve the kingdom and serve the Lord best. Yeah. And like so much of the Enneagram has taught me about like who I am and how do I be authentic to myself? And there are some things like some of the Instagram things, you know, that like they'll go to the, the stereotype of the number and yeah. you're like, okay, that one's not me. Like, totally. But, there's some things I'm like, there's, I'm a hundred percent not that. <laughs> yeah. But there's, so, I mean, for the most part, it like, it understands me so much. And uh, anyone that I have do it that like, then looks it up later is like, this is unbelievable. How accurate yeah. it is. Like how much I can learn from it. And oh, it's great. I'm so it's glad so you good. love it. I love I'm people obsessed. Like <laughs> I, yeah, I geeked out so hard. I made my new coworker um I, I think she had taken it before but like now of course she's like way more into it and I, she's a uh-huh. nine and so she's so good to work she's Love amazing me. to work with and so it just is so funny we'll like send each other stuff and she's like this is so you or like <laughs> especially because like I'm at like the triad where like I go to a three when I'm unhealthy or like I go to her nine when I'm healthy and so like mm-hmm. she'll understand she's like um, you're being a little too stressed out. Like you're running yourself ragged right now, which means yeah. you're not healthy right now. So it's like good to have like those little cues with the people around you, but it's so fun. Like once you figure out and like my best friend who's a one, her husband's a one and reading the relationship like duos with people of different numbers and being like, Oh those. my gosh, this is you guys. Like being able to like read what you see every day, but have someone else conceptualize it. It's yeah, have a picture so for fun. it. Yeah. That's why I um I don't remember which one. Do you follow Gina Gomez? No. 
Oh, she's great. She went through like, I loved her series of like type five in a relationship with whatever type. And she did one for every combination. And, oh wait, I um, just looked, I do follow her. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. But it like blew my mind because obviously I don't know everybody's Enneagram, but the ones that I do, I was like, this is painfully true. Yep. Like, oh my gosh. Like I laughed, me and my sister laughed so hard about the, the two in a relationship with five because I think like the same day she had posted it earlier that day I had been like she was visiting and I was like Allie I need 30 minutes to myself and I so I like got in bed and I was just gonna like read or something and she got in bed with me and I was like you need to go like she goes I'm not gonna talk I swear and I was like please just leave like literally I actually need space (laughs) yeah so and I think it posted the same day or like somewhere around that time and we laughed way too hard because it was like unable to read each other (laughs) like closeness clashing with space like polarizing set of needs and I was like oh okay yeah (laughs) yeah this this fits us perfectly this is awesome oh my gosh it's unreal oh my gosh so good so so good um well I have one more question for you but is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about um I don't know I feel like I have rambled so much I'm so sorry you know you've been awesome I was like I could literally um talk with you for hours so we'll just have yeah to you are wonderful actually continue conversation outside of I would the, love this that. one conversation yeah you have to send me that email about the Enneagrams too. oh I for sure will without a doubt um well the last question I always ask because the podcast is called slice of your life what is your favorite slice of za <gasps> oh man I am currently obsessed with this is so pathetic but I'm obsessed with this frozen pizza from Trader Joe's it's like this veggie pizza I went there today and they were out and I honestly had to take deep breaths (laughs) because I was so disappointed but I love veggie pizza and not like I don't want like green peppers and a couple olives I want like zucchini and squash and tomatoes and like spinach I want yeah I want all of the veggies on one pizza I'm so game for that yep awesome oh well thank you so much Tori. this was amazing it was so good to talk to you and um i just appreciate you taking some time yeah thank you for thinking of me i I really really enjoyed this y'all i don't know about you but tor was a true inspiration to me i'm just so thankful for her wisdom and how profound she is when speaking about her relationship with lord and how inspired she is from her family and everyone around her Ugh, i just was so encouraged by our conversation and just feel really lucky to have this platform to start relationships and grow on them from there. Um, also, she's a super badass photographer. I know we didn't get super into that, but seriously, her photos are stunning. So go check her out. I'll tag all that stuff in the info. And also for Dallas people, she's actually going to be there a little bit before Christmas. So if like you have a major life change or just want to get a solid photo shoot in, you should contact her to get some stuff done. But anyways, I hope you guys have a great week. I've never really been a Thanksgiving person, but I'm actually getting excited to be able to see some friends and family during Thanksgiving. But what are y'all's favorite Thanksgiving food? Mine is by far pumpkin pie. Apparently, I love everything in a slice form. (laughs) But anyways, like I said, I hope you guys have a great week. Love y'all, and that's it for this week of Slice Up Your Life.